Welcome into another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. I'm Danny Jones. And I am Samantha Jones. And this is episode 165. 165. What is the topic today? This is ending self-destructive behavior. Mm. Yeah, we all have them. Oh, really, yeah. we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Or have had them. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. Well, before we do that. Anything you want to share from last week? Yes. Last week we did Why is Healing So Hard? And I wanted to read, um, we got a new review on iTunes. Oh, so cool. I wanted to read this. And Bessie's going to chime in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me get this up. Every week I look forward to the release of Samantha and Danny's latest podcast, The Conversations and Topics They Bring to the Table Are Real, Raw, and Can Be Applied to Anyone's Life. These are two people who are doing their best to lead a good, spiritually filled life and want nothing more than to share that with the world. Each week, Danny and Samantha answer questions about the universe, the other side, spirituality, death, or even about hardships we face in life. I have found so much comfort and peace listening to their words. The podcast lift me up when I need it most. I have had the honor of having a couple of readings with Samantha, and I can tell you that she has changed my life for the better. Cheers to Samantha and Danny. Keep up the wonderful work. Love and light to you both always. And this one was signed. It wasn't left anonymous. And this one's from Serena. So thank you, Serena. Thank you, Serena. That was very sweet. That was very sweet. We really very appreciate cool. it. She's a very sweet lady. I, I love working with her. She's very sweet. We had a cat named Serena. Yes, we did. Yep. I love that name. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so Very much sweet. for that. Yes. Um, we had another one, too, that came in uh, a couple weeks ago, or actually this was like two months ago that I forgot to read. It was really short. It just says, love the interactive element to your show. Very unique way of doing the podcast. I love it. And that was from Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. So thank you, Wendy. Yeah, we love those reviews. You know, I see them on um, iTunes because I get them through chartable.com. They send me an email, mm -hmm. but I don't see them if they're like in other places. So if anybody sees reviews from us in other places, let us know. Cause the only ones I really know about are like iTunes and Facebook. So I don't get up like anything about anything else. Would you have to go to that? Well, I'm not really sure. Like platform and, and search. That, well, that's what I was thinking. Like, like for, this this is Apple Podcasts. So oh, if you okay. use an iPhone, that's right. what you're using. And we have iPhones. We don't have right. Android, so yeah. you know, which is Google. So you know, like Google, there's probably right. reviews there that we don't know about. And we have discussed um, in the future being able to do like phone calls. Yeah, yeah. So that's something we're talking about stepping up. Yeah, with, for sure, so. for sure, for sure. Okay, <clears throat> let's move on. We answer two questions every week. These are both really good questions this week. All right. This one is from Amanda. She said, do you ever wonder how animals in the wild are able to heal and not be completely traumatized when something bad happens? I mean, when you think about it, they probably see and witness many traumatizing things out there like babies being taken and eaten, moms being killed, the cycle of life. 
the circle of life, hardships of surviving the wild, yet they don't seem to be affected like it affects us humans, or does it? I mean, I'm sure they mourn, but they seem to be able to handle it and move forward, whereas us humans, it affects us completely different. Thoughts? That's a good question. I mean, I can't talk to them, you know, to say, how do you feel about that? I'm sure that they've, they're affected, you know. A couple of the things that I have noticed, because this is something that I've tried to figure out myself over the years, is that animals, for the most part, live in the present. They don't live in the past or in the future. However, if they have a traumatic experience, they do, that does imprint on them. They don't have the kind of memories that we do, which helps a lot. Their brains are much, much smaller than ours. A lot of these animals have things that, you know, we don't, that they don't have that we have, you know, so Mm -hmm. in their brains, I mean. So they process things very differently, but they do live in the present moment and they forget very easily. They don't forget the feeling. So like, let's say that a dog was abused or something and like physically abused. That dog, after maybe a year or two years, might completely forget what happened, but it'll still feel the the like the the PTSD from it, mm-hmm. but not understand why, if uh, that makes sense. Right. Um, and so I'm assuming that it's the same with wild animals. But wild animals, they have so much that they need to do, if you think about it. Right. Our domesticated animals, we feed them, we groom them, we do everything for them. What animals out in the wild, they have to survive. That is their number one most important thing is to survive. Mm-hmm. So they have to feed themselves and their babies. They have to take care of themselves. They have a lot that, you know, build their homes. We have birds that have been building nests in the yeah. backyard. And it's it's interesting to watch <clears throat> how this all works and, and the babies and everything, you know. Yeah. Um, they are, their main goal is just to survive. Yep. And it, with us, it is too, but there's a lot more that goes into it. That for a human. So I think, you know, animals, they just, they don't process things the same way. And they realize I I, got to get on. I got to do these things. That's not saying that they don't mourn. Right. You know, they they do mourn. Yeah, I think they do. We've seen elephants, proof of of it in elephants, that when a member of their pack dies, that they mourn for it. So. um, Well, you see, like, a lot of these uh, soldiers that have animals mm -hmm. and the soldier passes or, you know, an animal is like there. Oh yeah. I get the gravesite. So that has to have some memory. Oh yeah. To understand absolutely. where it's sitting, you know. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And the meaning of that. So. Yeah. So so with the with the wild animals, that's why, you know, I think that they they don't respond the way that domestic do because they have to take care of themselves mm-hmm. and all the other things that go with it. So. Yeah. That's my opinion on it and what I feel like I've learned so far right. in this process. So. Hmm. That is a good question though. Yeah, very good. So thank you for that, Amanda. And then the second yes, one is thanks. the second one is from Crystal. She says, "Ever since I got my new pup, I've had this feeling that I would have to be prepare, prepared for an off-leash dog attack." Well, last week after 3 months of having her, it happened. I by chance about a minute before <clears throat> hand picked up a large random stick and snapped it and thought I should keep this in case a mean dog runs at us. Then it actually happened, so my biggest fear for three months became a scary reality. A Great Dane came darting through heavy traffic, headed straight for my pup. His body language was not friendly. I was able to keep him away with yelling and pointing the stick at him and waving it like a lunatic until a stranger loaded us into his truck. So my question is, was this a premonition all along, hence grabbing the random stick, 
or did I simply create this reality and make myself a vibrational match to it because of the law of attraction and my fear? I hope this makes sense. I would say since you felt it earlier that it was a premonition. I think it was a premonition too, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I don't, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that our thoughts can create those types of things if they're not meant to happen. Right. You know, I know there's the law of attraction and all that and, and blah, blah, blah. But what what you're talking about, first of all, is so common. And it's something that I, none of our dogs really go out on walks anymore. They all are, are older and have hip issues and stuff. So we don't do that. But when we did, nah. you remember times where I would be like a nervous wreck, right? And mm. usually I would feel something. And this was at the beginning of the spiritual journey. So I didn't really know what I was feeling. I just would get really anxious and not want to go on the walk, but know that, that Zuma needed it. Mm. And there were a couple of times that, that animals came after him and... It is very, very scary. Yeah. It, and I do suggest carrying a stick with you when you're walking your dog, no matter what kind of dog you have. It, it Some kind of self-defense is always good. Yeah. But I think that you, it, especially that day, if I think you had a little tap on your shoulder to pick up that stick and do that. That's the universe's way yeah. of helping you in those situations. Yep. So I think that, um, yeah, that was, you know, <clears throat> my, that's my opinion on right. it, that it was a premonition and that the universe helped you in those ways. And Smart that you did. That yeah, you listened absolutely. to it and you acted on it mm -hmm. as opposed to going, ah, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Because that that is one of the tests is, uh, is this person going to listen? Mm -hmm. And you listened. So that's good. So and I'm glad that you avoided that attack because we have two great Danes. We know they're big dogs yeah. and can be very intimidating. So, yeah. Yeah, they can. I mean, they're sweet as but to somebody that doesn't know them. Yeah. You know, like in like a lot of dogs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. So I hope that that kind of answered your question. I mean, I guess that, you know, it is possible in in certain things to maybe attract things to yourself like that. I don't, I don't know. I just, I tend to think the universe doesn't want to do those things, you know? Yeah. No. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I know the law of attraction is real, especially for the positive side. And, you know, on the negative side, if you're down and feeling down, then, yeah, everything's going to be down. But I don't know if you would bring something like that upon yourself, you know? That's just my opinion. Right. I would like to believe it's more of a, a premonition or you were forewarning yourself or right. somebody on the other side or the universe in general, whatever. Yeah, something like that. You, it was going on before the actual incident, so. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Cool. Okay, and then we do a reading every week. So this is for Carrie, and I'm sorry if I pronounce the dog's name wrong. Freya, I believe, is the dog's name. Uh, this is Freya. Is she a reincarnation of a dog we had before? She's cute. Oh, she cute. would be one of Zuma's friends because oh, yeah. he likes little white dogs. Yep. Okay, let me talk to her. She has quite the personality. When I first connect to her, what she does is like jump down. Like in this in this picture, she's sitting. But she goes to lay down when I see her. But she doesn't just lay down. She plops down. I, I don't know how, how better to describe it. I wish I could, like, project what I see onto the wall or something. Um, but most people understand right. when their dog has a behavior like this. They totally right. understand when I say that. Um, so, okay. 
Uh, yeah, she's very excited to talk to us. She herself does not know the answer to this question. Um, I will have to dig deeper for that. But let's talk to her for a minute and see if she has anything that she wants to say. She says that you're fun. She says that you try and keep her mind stimulated, and she appreciates that. She likes to be stimulated, and uh, boredom for her causes... I see licking when she gets bored. She licks a lot. Mm. Um, and, And she's showing me wiping her face. I'm not sure if that's just showing me a behavior or if that she's trying to show like an allergy or something. A lot of times they do that when they have an allergy, but she's just kind of wiping her face with her paws. Um, let's see what else she wants to say before I look into that other thing. Um, she loves you very much. She's talking about other members of the family that she really enjoys being a member of your family because you treat her as an equal. It's not like she feels left out. She knows that she can't speak your same language, but she says that sometimes you try so hard to speak her language and she really appreciates that. And she does hear you a lot of the times, even if you don't hear her back, she does know what you're thinking and she does know what you're saying. So don't ever quit trying to talk to her like that because she understands. Mm. Uh, Now, is she the reincarnation of a dog that you had before? I believe that she is. And I mean, our animals, they stay with us through multiple lives. So I guess the question here is, is, has she been with you in this life before? Because we definitely know she has been with you in other lives because that's how it works. Um, But in this life, I also feel like she has been with you. I see a smaller dog. She's a small dog, but I see a a dog that's smaller than her. It kind of looks like a tannish color, Um, big ears, um, pretty cute. And... This may be a dog that you had when you were a child, um, but whatever, there's lessons that still needed to be learned there. Uh, And uh, let me see if I can give you any other, like, characteristics. Yeah, I think this is when you were a kid, because I'm seeing my own childhood with my own dogs, and that usually means that's, Mm -hmm. that's what's going on. So I think this was a dog that you had when you were a kid. So... I hope that that helps and answers your question. And, um, you know, our dogs, our animals, they don't know when they've been been reincarnated. So it's like I can ask. That's my psychic abilities that I'm using, not the animal communication. Um, But they don't they don't know. And it's better that way. It's better that way for all of us. Yeah. Um, What was the owner's name again? uh, This was for Carrie. Carrie. Yep. I wonder if there's something that Freya does that Carrie, mm. maybe you've recognized because I'm. I'm just curious why you're posing the question. Sure, yeah. Is there something familiar from this childhood dog, possibly? Yeah. That is there with Freya. I wonder if that's. There were some things that Freya showed mm-hmm. um, behaviors, and so I wonder if that's that's why sometimes maybe. when they do that, they're showing that they're doing a behavior that maybe the the previous dog did. Okay. And that they also do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm seeing a spinning in circles. I, I'm not sure which dog this is, but I just see one spinning in circles. Um, so they both may have actually both done that, since I'm not seeing a distinct like it's literally flashing between both of them. So that could be one of the behaviors too that you're talking about. Hmm. So, right. yay! Well, Very thanks, good. Carrie. Thanks, Thank Freya. You, Carrie. Yes, and Freya. And I hope I was pronouncing that right. I think I was. Uh, okay, and then. One other thing before we start is I wanted to mention um, we are up again for a People's Choice Podcast Award. 
Oh, my gosh. Uh, so right now is the nomination stage. And what happens is the listeners of these podcasts need to um, nominate, right? But there's already a list. So the list is down to like 20, 20 podcasts in each category, I think, something like that. Okay. So if you go to podcast castawards.com you have to register for an account it's really easy they just of course want to make sure that you're one person and not you know a bot or something right so once you do that and you sign in you'll see <clears throat> podcasts um from all the different genres and you know if you listen to other podcasts like i know a lot of people are into true crime you can vote for your favorite true crime podcast there too hmm. so you just go in and then um, look for religion and spirituality and go to us Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses, and click that. And then um, what happens there is, I think it's the end of July, they narrow it down based on the amount of nominations that each podcast got. So so we appreciate if you would go and do that for us. Please and thank you. Yes, so much. Very cool. And then let's give our info real quick before we start. All right. So you can find me at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. If you'd like to reach us at the show, you can email us at spiritualjoneses at gmail.com or on social media, find us at spiritualjoneses. Yeah. Yeah, and then for you. Yes, for my art, uh, djonesrcollection.com for the web where I sell prints there and for social media at djonesrcollection for Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Very good. That's it for me. Fabulous. Cool, are we ready? I'm ready. Awesome. All right, then. Episode 165, Ending Self-Destructive Behaviors. This was an interesting one to do because, you know, we all, I think we all have them. And that was something that I asked to the group Mm -hmm. um, is, do you feel that you have self-destructive behaviors? And 100% said that they do. Yeah. The thing is, is we a lot of times don't want to admit Mm -hmm. that we do. And that's the hardest part is Mm -hmm. just admitting, okay, Maybe, you know, like we, we were talking earlier when I was doing this this kind of research and I said I feel a little victimized by a couple of the things that are said <laughs> in this article. But I realized that even though I'm trying really hard to be like the best Samantha I can be, mm-hmm. I still have self-destructive behaviors. Yes. It's still normal and it's still a part of life. Right. It's just trying to figure out how to to not let those control us and how to maybe get rid of them. Right. Altogether. Well, and some of these things are necessities. Like, let's take food, for instance. Yeah. So it's a balance, which is is involved, too. Again, like the thing that you read off from, that's a clinical study. Right. In essence. You know, it's written by psychologists, Mm -hmm. which nothing against that. That's great. But just like any medicine doesn't necessarily affect everybody the same exact way. Right. So... What may be destructive for somebody, one person isn't for another. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're so all I think we have different. to grade it on a curve a bit, but I think absolutely we all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's such a sign of of like evidence to me of like karma mm-hmm. that we're all searching to kind of fill something in us because of something you know. Yeah. Maybe a memory, an experience, or something. Yep. And so we do things that maybe aren't good. That's very true. 
Well, let's give <clears throat> a basic definition of what self-destructive behaviors are. Yeah. Self-destructive behaviors are when you do something emotional or physical that is harmful or potentially harmful to yourself. In some cases, a person may be unaware they are performing a self-destructive behavior or activity. I, I absolutely yeah. see it. I see it all the time in my work where people come to me, they need advice, they want something changed in their life, but they are the ones that are stopping it from right. happening. And they don't even recognize that. Yeah. You know, they want to blame the outside world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People that partake in self-destructive behaviors display signs and symptoms in their lives. Self-destructive behavior signs include depression, avoiding responsibility, avoiding social interactions, um, being really emotionally sensitive, addictions, things like that. Mm. There's a lot of different symptoms of the self-destructive behaviors. Yeah. I asked our listeners, what are some examples of self-destructive behaviors that you feel affect your life? And the number one thing that they said is being self-critical or too hard on yourself. Other ones they said are changing yourself to please others. Always saying yes, even when you want to say no. Wallowing in self-pity. Passive aggressiveness. Self-harm, like cutting over-medicating or consuming excessive amounts of alcohol or drugs, binge eating, impulsive behaviors, and aggression towards others. There are some others that I found online as well. Lack of hygiene, eating disorders, being late to work or other important events, risky sexual behavior, uncontrolled compulsions like shopping and gambling, and isolating yourself. Yeah. So these are this a couple is, other ones of all yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Gambling. Yeah, I didn't I say that shopping and gambling oh, under sorry, yeah, I didn't say uncontrolled compulsions, um, yeah. And then general pessimism. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is very self-destructive. Yeah. Living in that constant state of, you know, the world's against me and everything's going the wrong way. And, it's a double Ed sword because I think for those of us that have spent time there or do spend time there, um, it feels like a protection of armor, right? On one side, mm-hmm. you know, you're protecting yourself and your feelings and your vulnerability. Yeah. But the flip side is is you're trapped in it, right? Because it's in you, right? So it would be to me, you know. Being hard on yourself is definitely self-destructive. Mm-hmm. But if you're constantly hard on everybody else mm-hmm. or being generally pessimistic or negative towards the world, yeah, this is stirring inside of you. Yeah, that's you very know. true. So, yeah. Well, why do we do this? Good question. Isn't that a good question? Yeah. Like, I, you know... I often wonder, and and I've said this to you many times, what it would be like to raise a child away from all of society and not have them exposed to a lot of the things that we're exposed to. Because honestly, I really feel, and, and from the research that I did, that so much of the reason why we do these things stems right back to our childhoods. Right. Right back to what we've learned, what's happened to us, what we've seen, everything. But see, the... the the scary part about that is that if you were to do that, then you are the sole um, provider and presence in this child's life. No, I, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? So, like, 
And my point, what I'm trying to get to is that a lot of the trauma that we suffer that makes us go to self-destructive behaviors starts at home. Yeah, it does. It would have to be a situation where there wasn't anything like that. There wasn't abuse, right. you know, like a, a good situation. I just right. I just wonder how different people would be if they didn't grow up in abusive childhoods. It, it happens more often than we realize. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't even understand this when I was a kid, but I can tell you that the number of people that I know that didn't suffer some kind of abuse, I can count on one hand. Yeah. And that's really, really sad. That is really is it is it is so let's go back again to why do we do this well to deal with anxiety self-doubt and shame is probably the biggest thing mm. you know um it's also a way of maintaining our comfort zone due to lack of confidence and feeling unworthy and there's a lot of social demands as well so we do certain things because of what we feel you know society wants mm -hmm. or and, and those true. can be very pressure, very peer yeah. pressure or peer pressure yep even not peer pressure yeah i asked our listeners if if you are someone that partakes in self-destructive behaviors don't we all mm -hmm. have you experienced any of these things in your life and 28 percent said any form of abuse or neglect 22 percent experiences with family members not allowing you to express your emotions mm -hmm. 18% bullying in school, 25% said criticism by the people you love the most, and 7% said addiction to drugs or alcohol. The reason that I made this list is because I wanted to show that a lot of our self-destructive behaviors do go back to things that we didn't have any control of. Yeah. Um, I was bullied in school. Mm -hmm. I was. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Uh, it changed me. It really did. It, it changed me a lot. And I think most people do suffer some kind of bullying in their lives. And, you know, what that does to us is different for each person. Yeah. For me, it really brought down my self-esteem and made me feel like I was a bad person. Um, it also did something. There was one girl that used to really, really bully me in fifth grade. And she was so popular and everybody loved her and she really, she bullied me bad. So in sixth grade, I became the bully, at least in dance, because this was like a dance thing. Right. Um, I became the bully. Um, and that, that was, you know, mm -hmm. it, it was taught to me and I thought this was right. And mm -hmm. that was a self-destructive behavior because nobody wants to be around that type of person. No. You know, um, but yeah, it really does. It affects mm -hmm. us more than what we realize, you know. This might sound strange too, but even in like kind of just talking about that and how you were on both sides of it mm -hmm. and even periods very close together that you were on both sides of that coin and you've got shame and, and insecurities from being bullied. Right. And then you feel terrible for being a bully. Right. That's karma too. It is, but it's experience. Yeah, exactly. And that's the one thing I thought was like, you shouldn't shame yourself regardless of those things happening to you. Yeah. It was an experience that you learned from. Yeah. Absolutely. Not a fun one. No. But you did. Definitely. And another one on this list um, was criticism, criticism by the people you love the most. 
Uh-huh. I'm familiar. Yes. This one, I will say for me, stems way back to childhood. Yeah. And it probably did the worst harm to me. And I didn't even know that until really just recently. Mm-hmm. Because you see how if you say anything to me that like is is like, um, I don't know, not negative, but like my mom just really wasn't a comforting type of person. Right. You know, she was really sarcastic. She was not cruel, but just. She was like Roseanne, Roseanne Barr on the Mm. show. That's exactly what she was like, just sarcasm all the way. There was never any comfort. So because of that, I have a really hard time with criticism because I was criticized a lot. And so, like, there's some times where you'll just do the smallest things and I'm like, don't <laughs> criticize me, please. Yeah, and it's not your fault. It's it's my fault. Right. And, and the self-destructive behavior that I think comes with that, I don't really do it anymore, but, like, I'll say to you, just don't say that. You know, that, that makes me feel bad. But I used to just, like, hold it inside right. and get angry. And this wasn't just you. This has been right. my whole life, you know. I, I just hold it inside and be like, that person's so mean. Why did they say that? Right. Get yourself all, like, wrapped up. In this whole thing where you're just, you know, going over and over it in your head. Yeah, I learned quickly that teasing was maybe not always a good idea. No, teasing isn't good (laughs) for me. Yeah, I think my brother's the same way. It was just a little bit too much when we were growing up. So we're we're like really super sensitive about Mm. it. And, you know, I'm sure sure that we have people listening that will say the same thing that it's like there's things that your parents did like that. That now you like you realize, wow, this affected me way more than I even thought it did. And it's incredible because if we were to ask our parents, they probably wouldn't even recollect that at all. No, no. You know, but the um, impact that it has on us at that age and not understanding all the things in the world. Yeah. It's it's great. Yeah. It has a huge impact. I just wish, yeah, we could see kind of like what you're talking about, a little bit more compassion and understanding and with the younger people to see what difference that would make in the next generation. Yeah. You know, if you could get a whole generation to kind of commit to this and, you know. Yep. Yep. See, Um, would it make a difference? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another one on that list was experiences with family members not allowing you to express your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think that that happens to a lot of people where they they have to closet their emotions. They're not allowed as a child to, right. to show them. Um, this is something that I see in my work a lot, actually, people that hold on to these types of things you know, from childhood, um, that they weren't able to express their emotions as a child. And so now they find it difficult to do that as an adult. And the problem is, if you can't express yourself, it's very hard to have a healthy relationship. So you have to learn how to do that and let go of that self-destructive behavior that you learned, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, Okay, so let's see what else I have here for you. Um, Many behaviors can be attributed to trauma or loss, death of a loved one, divorce, violent crime, anything like that. Um, After my mom died, I was definitely set in that self-destruct mode. And I didn't even realize it. You know, I think when you go through something traumatic like that, reason just shuts down to you. You know, and I started, I threw my back out like a week after my mom died in that. I went to the doctor and he gave me Vicodin. And that started a very long Vicodin addiction. Mm. But it was the perfect time for me, I felt. And right. I hate to say that, but it was like, because some people, they take that kind of medication and it makes them sleepy or whatever. 
for me, it actually, it has like a serotonin in it. And it, it was, so it boosted my serotonin. So it would give me like a very brief time of actually feeling good where it felt like, oh, I don't care, you yeah. know? And even though it was so brief, like maybe an hour, it was worth it. Right. It was worth that little bit of a high for me. Yeah. And it was very, very self-destructive. Very. But it's hard to see that when you're in the middle of it because you just think, I just need a way to get through this. And yeah. that happens to people all the time. Mm-hmm. COVID is a really, really good example of this because so many people went into self-destruct mode right. during COVID. All of my oh, siblings, yeah. my dad, yeah. too. My my one brother, he um, ate himself almost to death. Oh man! No, it's true. He he had a fatty liver um, yeah. after COVID and like couldn't lay down. He was burping so bad and stuff, and he he ate so much that he gave himself a fatty liver. Wow! Yeah, it's unbelievable. But when you're in a situation. Yeah. Uh, like that. I mean, that's another thing that causes self-destructive behaviors is just yeah. things in your everyday life like that, that you don't know how to deal with. None of us knew how to deal with COVID. Yeah. You know, we really didn't. I, I do. I really relate to that one. The n- not being able to express <clears throat> yourself. And that was an issue for me at a young age that I was acting out then in school mm-hmm. um, because I couldn't do it at home or it wasn't coming across the right way. So I would take it other places and become defiant and unruly and, um, and often just to see like how far I could push it. Sure. Uh, but fortunately I didn't like it at the time, but fortunately my parents were sort of like, okay, you need to go and like therapy and talk to somebody. Maybe, you know, maybe he can share more there. So I, I was fortunate enough to do that throughout my life at periods which helped me understand a little bit better but it didn't mean i didn't do self-destructive behaviors no i think we all we all do and we really don't we don't realize it you know when i got divorced i kind of like you um it's not nearly like death but it's like the ending of something oh yeah it is absolutely and I grew up in an alcoholic family, so I had a lot of alcoholics around me. Um, and that was something that always turned me off. Yeah. I, I just didn't, I wasn't into it. But when I got divorced, I got into it. Me too. And I started finding myself, you know, drinking more than I ever drank. Mm-hmm. And fortunately got to a point because I was, you know, 40 or something. Like, I was like, I can't do this. My body's just, yeah, it can't keep going like that, you know. And yeah. so I was like, no, nah, I don't need to. You know, I I can drink now and then, but I once at a blue moon. I really, yeah. it's not very often, but, and I just had to make that choice. Yeah. To end that. And that was a really good choice. Yeah. It, I, I went through the same thing. The same thing. I was going through my divorce and I was, the divorce was almost finished and I was dating somebody and breaking up with that person at the same time. (laughs) And everything was just falling apart. 
And my brother and I were watching Jim Jeffries, and he talks about how people don't drink because it tastes good. They drink because life is shit. And I was like, wait a minute. That is such a funny quote. I love it. Uh, he's right. He's right. And it you know does. what? There was a bottle of Jägermeister in the fridge, and I went and drank it. And that was like two years. I, I loved to drink because it relaxed me. It made me be able to be social, yeah. you know, but at the same time, I was, I was doing a lot of self-destructive behaviors through that period in my life. You yeah. know, it wasn't healthy and I'm, and I'm glad both of us yeah. um, walked away from it because I grew up in an alcoholic family too. My mom claimed that John, the man that I thought was my father, that he was an alcoholic, which he probably was. But I called her out once on it, on her being an alcoholic. And she said, I'm not an alcoholic because I don't start drinking until later in the day. Alcoholics start drinking when they wake up. <laughs> the justification. You know, and, Mom, how do you explain going to Gil Hooley's after school <laughs> every day for well, three hours? Yeah. And I sat in the corner playing Mrs. Pac-Man while you sat at the bar. Yeah. Well, that was dinner, you know, happy hour. She's like, what? I'm feeding my kid and she's entertained with Pac-Man. What difference does it make if I sit at a bar? Do you know, I didn't realize that my mom was an, uh, an alcoholic until like a few months ago because I, I covered for her. Right. I believed her. And right. then I said to you one night, I was like, she always carried little bottles in her purse. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not normal. That's not normal. <laughs> Um, so both of us have been faced with a lot of, um, alcoholism in our lives. And I wonder if that was one of the things that we were supposed to not repeat in this no. life was the alcoholism because it really does surround us. It, it's, crazy. I chose to go towards the drug side because I wasn't a big fan of alcohol. Yeah. Um, I have something called diabetes insipidus where I can dehydrate like my, um, body doesn't retain water as quick as I drink it. I pee it. So what do you do? What happens when you drink? Right. You get dehydrated. Yeah, you do. So for me, it's just not super physically. That's not fun physically. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. But I went to other things, yeah. you know, and um, some of those things, I mean, luckily, you know, I never had the opportunity to get my hands on like heroin or stuff yeah. like that. Thank God. Because I probably would have liked it yeah. a lot. Um, but I did do other stuff. And I could have gone mm -hmm. really haywire in some of those departments, which I started to. But again, I was like, yeah. 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 My mom was the queen of self-destructive behaviors. And I said to myself when I was like 17, 18 years old, I don't ever want to repeat any of the things that she did. Right. She she died because of a, basically a drug addiction and an addiction to money. Yeah. It, it was it was really sad to watch her go downhill. And I think I was following in her footsteps for yeah. a while there and like the universe had to come and, you know, knock that out and she's yeah. no 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 you are not gonna do that because i was the same way I, I i always told myself i'll never do drugs i'll never you know because I, my mom also did a lot of coke when i was growing up and yeah. i would sit with she'd have parties and i'd be sitting there with her friends doing coke and she would give me alcohol all of these things made it that i did not want to do right. drugs and i did not want to drink yeah i didn't i didn't want anything to do with it so i've never done coke or any of like that yeah. type of stuff because what I saw was such an aversion to it, you know, but so many people that have those types of experiences aren't that lucky and they fall into the same trap of oh, the yeah. alcohol addiction or, I mean, we both, 
I was addicted to pills, so I can't mm. say I never, you know, went into that addictive state. I've lost some really wonderful people in my life or, you know, whether they were close or just acquaintances because of drugs. Yeah. And some of them have died and some of them are still walking this earth, but they're not here. Yeah. They're yeah. gone. And that's what sucks. I think the fear of punishment for me kept me in line a lot. I was really afraid of my dad's wrath. Yeah. So I, you know, if we all got together in high school, my friends and we're like, okay, we're doing acid. All right. You know, and this dude over in the corner is like, I dropped three hits. And I'm <laughs> oh, like, no. no, no, you know, I'll start with a half and yeah. see how that goes. And then I'm going, I'm stopping at one. Yeah. You know? But that yeah, those kind brave. of things, because I was like, man, I just, I was just too scared to death. Like if I got arrested or in an accident, yeah. or, I mean, I'm going to pay the price there, but I'm going to pay the price when I get home. And I just, that kind of kept me in line to a certain degree. It didn't keep me squeaky clean. Yep. <laughs> Not at all. Yep. No, me either. But, you know, yeah, I, I was afraid to. I didn't... Part of that wrath that I feared was part of what made me do what I did. Right. Exactly. And I don't think parrots understand that. No. No. Parents just don't understand. Yeah, they really don't. No, they don't. On that list that I was talking about with our listeners about self-destructive behaviors, the number one thing that they said was being self-critical or too hard on yourself. And I work with people every day that are like this. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was working with this young woman the other day, and her parents are Chinese and so you know they have really strict rules and all that and she feels like she's the disappointment to them and feeling like she's the disappointment to them is keeping her down it's keeping her from not being able to like progress in her life and it's like why I I don't know exactly what her parents you know did when she was a child or said but I know that there were some things there that were very very difficult for her and because of it she's very very critical on herself and I pointed that out, that this has probably has a lot to do with, you know, what they said to you and that you don't feel like you can overcome this or talk to them about it or whatever. This is where communication comes in, that if we could all just communicate better with our family members, you know, a lot of times when you are an adult and you go to a parent that did something when you were a child, they deny it or they say, oh, I don't remember that. And that can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. You know, we have to, when we have these kinds of conversations, be open to listening to what our kids have to say, yeah. what the other side has to say, because we all have our own opinion, you know, and, and I think we try too often to try and predict what other people are do are thinking about us, and that's why we're really self critical. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like I have this really good friend, uh, I love her to death, and every time that I'm with her, she points out something about herself that's wrong. Like <laughs> my cankles are really yeah. swollen today. You know, I never would have noticed that she had cankles if she didn't <laughs> point it out. Every time, uh, and I'm like, you are one of my favorite people on this so planet. She's so sweet. And yeah. She's pretty. I mean, don't <laughs> trip on yourself. I'm like, please stop putting yourself down. But that probably comes from the type of childhood that she had mm -hmm. and the things that her mother said to her and the things that kids said to her. So I try when she when I'm with her and she does these things to try and lift her up. And I think right. we should do that for each other, that we should all try right. and do that for each other, that when we see somebody being insecure, right. you know, somebody might say, oh, my hair looks so bad today. 
No, it doesn't. Because you know what? They may need that kind of reassurance. You know, I mean, that's a simple, you know, explanation there. But there's a lot of different things. If we did that with, uh, you know, I know as adults, our patients wear thin, especially when kids are hyped and, you know, full of a million questions and, you know, hopped up on sugar. But if we took that approach with children more, think of the that many less scars that are walking around yeah. you know, and, and we could kind of alleviate this whole issue right. within our society. I will say that my parents were very, um, as I got older and, and was able to talk to them about things that happened that affected me. Yeah. They were, they were really good. Yeah. They were really gracious. They were compassionate. Even if they didn't really remember. Yeah. Um, that's good. You know, so I will say I, I, have had that opportunity to talk to them, which is great because a lot of people don't. Yes. You know, to kind of help my cycle and figuring out why do I do these things? Yeah. Not just to myself, but I'm doing things to other people, but it's affecting me. Right. Yeah. As well as them. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. It's it's a cycle. Let's see. A couple of other things on that list that I wanted to talk about. A few people, they... Um, said self-harm like cutting Mm -hmm. and that makes me really sad that people do that and i know that 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 is a a reliever of stress for people i can understand Mm -hmm. like um i get my eyebrows threaded and sometimes like not so much anymore because i'm not on the same kind of like vibrational level that i used to be but when i would get that done and i was feeling like really anxious and stuff because of the pain that it causes it would release like some kind of endorphin and Mm -hmm. i would feel better so i understand why people do things like the cutting and stuff it does have this way of making you feel better but it's just it's sad and and i'm sorry for anybody that um, has to do that to help themselves. Yeah. Also, because you just don't know how far it's going to go. Yeah. If you keep going, um, I've lost friends to pill overdoses, and um, you know when when you've connected with them and they're saying that's not at all what I meant to do. Right. I meant it was a, I was trying to cry out for help. Exactly. Like for attention. Exactly. And I was being self-destructive and it went too far. Yep. I've had friends that have straight up committed suicide. Yep. You know, that's the ultimate self-destruction. That's what we're trying to avoid here. Exactly. And that was on all of these lists. I didn't put it on mine because, yeah, that is end result. Mm -hmm. That's that's the ultimate self-destructive behavior. And unfortunately, it does go that way sometimes. And that makes me really sad, especially when it's really young people that think that, you know, life isn't going to get better. And the thing about life is that it always gets better and then it gets worse and then it gets better and then it gets worse. For all of us, Mm -hmm. there is nobody that can avoid that cycle. You know, maybe some people have shorter cycles of bad times or whatever, but we all have them. They can't be avoided. But part of the experience. Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, let's see what else. There were a couple other things I want to talk about on here. Passive aggressiveness. Mm. That one can really get you in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. If you're always just saying, you know, okay, whatever, and just not expressing your opinions to yeah. things, where do you think that's going to go for you? It's yeah. going to make you tense. Uh, it, it's the ultimate not communicating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't th- I think your relationships can't be deep either no probably not it makes it hard yeah you know 
I mean, I think we all probably do that from time to time, but if that's, you know, a normal problem. Well, again, I think we're talking about how do these each one of these things apply to each one of us personally. Yeah, exactly. And you have to take a look at yourself in the mirror and determine which ones, you know, um, you need to address, some things you might need to do in moderation, some things you might need to get rid of completely, you know. Yeah, yep. We all have that. Yep. Changing yourself to please others. I think a lot of people do that. Mm -hmm. That is one thing that I stopped doing a long time ago. I realized, why? This is my life. You know, I love the person that I've become. I really do. I've become what I wanted to become. I'm the hippie, earth-loving, you know, psychic. I love it. I absolutely love it. But there are some people that... I love it, too. Thank you. There are some people that absolutely hate it, that absolutely think that... but. Who cares? Who cares about them? But you know what? I did 10, 20, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I cared what they thought. And I probably did try and change myself to be like them. And I realize now that anybody that I can't be myself with Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be in my life. You know, I think we a lot of times like I see this in relationships when I do relationships readings a lot. People that are in a relationship and they feel the need to change themselves to stay in the relationship. And of course, okay, there are small things like, you know, when we first got together, you were a smoker. I didn't Mm -hmm. try and change that in you, but, you know, I accepted the fact that you were already doing that, but I really wished that you would, you know, Um, but things like that. It's like, you know, that this person is already doing this, so you can't like you know, put them down for it and all that because you came into the relationship knowing that they were like this or that they did this. Um, They have to change or you have to change because you want to, you know, not because somebody's telling you to. Yeah, I never really felt grilled by you to quit. No. You didn't make me feel that way. I always was self-conscious of it anyways, just smelling like it. And if I smoked, I'd like wash my hands and my face and it just seemed like, God, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, to. So finally I was like, I just, you know, I haven't given up nicotine. Yeah, no, but, but the, I but gave the up cigarettes. The cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, that and that was a really big thing. Yeah. You know, I think, um, too, for a lot of women, especially, I mean, men probably do this too, but for women, a lot of us want to be the figure that that have the figure that other people want us, we think they want us to have. Mm-hmm. We think that we're supposed to be skinny yeah, and all of that. It's a huge problem it's in a society. huge problem. This is the first time in my life, really, where I just feel like whatever, you know, like I fluctuate and whatever happens, it doesn't matter because right. you love me the way that I am. Mm, absolutely. And if other people are judging me for my weight, I really don't care anymore. Right. I, <laughs> I really don't. I, I, you know, I'm a little bit heavier than I was this time last year. It is what it is. You know, when I think about losing weight, I want to do it for my health, Mm -hmm. not because of what society thinks. You know, it's okay to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And and if people don't like you for that, what difference does it make? Those people shouldn't be in your life. And I know, like I say that to people and they're like, but this is my mother. This is my father. Well, those people, especially those people should love you just the way you are, no matter whether you're, you know, thin, fat, gay, straight, Mm -hmm. whatever you are. And there's so many different things that, you know, I could go into there, but they should love you for who you are. And if they don't, that's their problem, not yours. Yeah. We have to try and love ourselves. I shared this thing on Facebook today about um, 
putting like on your on a mirror like I love you to yourself Mm -hmm. and that that might be uncomfortable to do that but you can't really love somebody else until you truly love yourself and when you truly love yourself you realize that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks because this is who you are and there will always be people that will love who you are and even if it's not the people Mm -hmm. you want to love you that's okay because those people shouldn't and again if you're you know outwardly negative to the majority of the world uh, that's most likely what you'll get back too. Yeah. But you're creating this behavior within you. Um, you said something earlier about you know, and I, I, the more the older I get, most experiences that I see people go through, I go, "Whoa, I've been on both sides of that now." Yeah. And I start to understand that this really is about experience, and what are we going to do with it? Fortunately, we do these self-destructive behaviors as a result of some of these experiences. Yeah. But we can control things. We can make a difference in our own lives. And there was a point in the past where, you know, you'd see pictures or somebody or hear about somebody and you might think to yourself, <clears throat> oh, you know, look at so-and-so. They're so happy, man. Uh-huh. You know, living such a good life. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking that it's cool to be negative, and rip on somebody <laughs> right. when the truth is that's what I want. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And now I'm on that side of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying life is perfect and I don't ever have sadness or ups and downs, no. but that's compared true. to then, yeah, I am on the other side. I've now experienced both sides of it. So right. I'm fully aware that there's people out there that see me or know my life and my story or yours and feel the same way. Yeah. If that's what you exude, whether you want to admit it or not, yeah. and I'm speaking from personal experience, that's how much you love yourself. Yeah, right. If you're walking around, excuse my French, shitting on the rest of the world, mm-hmm. that's how you feel about yourself. That's right. That's absolutely right. So you can deny it up and down, mm-hmm. but baloney. Mm-hmm. I call baloney. Yeah, I agree. So... Getting to places where we have certain experiences and being on both sides of the fence is taught myself the value of the experience. Yeah. Of knowing both sides. Right. And then having a greater appreciation for why I don't want to be not just self-destructive, but destructive towards others. Because even if I think I'm just projecting that outward, I'm not. Right. I'm projecting it just as much as inward as I am outward. Absolutely. Because it's reflective about how I feel about myself. Right. Yep. And then it gets trapped in there and you stew and you get, you know, all these different emotions and negativity. And yeah, it's... Right. I, I'm not talking about, do I do I have comedy at others' expenses sometimes? Yeah, I do. Well, I think we all do. I mean, when you're just full of the anger and the hate towards right. somebody that you're just going to like unleash. Oh, you yeah. Know, that kind of thing. That is self-destructive. I've had that directed at me. Uh, my ex-husband, he, yeah, notorious for just going off about about me. And I know it's not that he's mad. Like, I know that there's certain things that he wanted that I have 
that, you know, it, it, it it's a jealousy thing. Right. It's a, you know, but it hurts. It hurts when people like treat you like that sure. or, or whatever. And, and in this, you know, like we're finding success, we're finding happiness. And there are people that they don't want to see that. Right. Why are people like that? I want everybody to succeed. Right. You and know, there's enough of it to go around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is. is there. But things change and they change whether you want them to change or you don't. And they can change real quick. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, but trying, you know, to destroy yourself from the inside out isn't going to help your journey. No, it's not. It's not. No. Mm -mm. So what do we do to try to end these? That's a good question. Well, there's a multitude of things. Yes. I mean, there's probably a 12-step program for just about anything. Yeah, true. Gambling, drug addiction, alcoholism, sex addiction, whatever. Yeah. Um, you have institutions like churches yeah. um, that you can go and talk to somebody, mm -hmm. uh, maybe an elder or a priest or a father or whatever, pastor. Um, you have individual therapy. Mm -hmm. There are self-help groups that aren't necessarily 12 step you like codependency type groups and things like that yeah. where you realize you might be helping someone kill themselves but it's it's self-destructing yourself too you yeah. know so there are tons um i think the main thing which they all sort of are similar in the way is it's communicating it is, it is, yeah. You have to be willing to want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that is really going to help your healing process. But you got to be willing to want to talk about why it is that I'm full and I keep eating. Right. I'm drunk and I keep drinking. Right. Yep. I'm broke and I keep gambling. Right. I'm miserable, but I keep staying in this job or this relationship mm -hmm. yes. or, or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself. We all do about what the behaviors are that a lot of this has to do with your own brain and training your own brain to recognize the things that maybe you're not doing right. We all want to think that we're perfect, but none of us are perfect at all. And so if we can do some self-reflection and see, okay, what is a self-destructive behavior that I have? And I was thinking about this earlier and I said, food, food is very self-destructive for me because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm not supposed to be eating certain things, but I love food. <laughs> <laughs> food is fabulous. I, I just had dental surgery and I haven't had, like, I can't eat. A lot. Yeah. And it's very sad. And I'd like some food. Okay. <laughs> so maybe that's why I thought about this one. But um, I know that my my relationship with food is very unhealthy. And it is self-destructive. And I could do healthier things. And you know what? Like, some days I go to McDonald's to get us iced tea. And in the morning I'll go, do I need a coffee? Nah. I don't need a coffee. And then I go, yeah, I do. I need a coffee. Yeah. Self-destructive because you know what happens? My stomach starts churning. I get really like jittery a lot of the times. That's and why stuff. I've never been a coffee guy. Yeah, I just I feel like I'm all yeah. Through this uh, dental surgery, it's been a lifesaver because I haven't been able to eat. But for the most part, I really shouldn't do it, and I know that. I know it's not good for me. It's a lot of extra calories. It's a lot of sugar, um, and so I know. But I do it anyway. That's why? Funny. I don't know. 
My mom's yeah. told me that I need to be careful with the sugar or I'm going to get be diabetic. And so far, I'm not even close to being pre-diabetic and I gave up soda and all that. But, you know, I know that it's still a possibility. And so... Well, you drank soda relentlessly. I did, yeah. Like from the time you woke up and you would crack one as you lay down in bed. Yes, I would have like been a soda holic if you asked my mother. In the middle of the night, you would drink soda. Yeah. And that's... Yes. Yeah, that's... Hence why I've had dental surgery twice in two years. Right. Yeah, it was... That's a whole other self-destruct. And you know what? When we're younger, we don't even realize that we're doing it. Like, I don't know how many people think like this, but for me, when I was going through that, when I was a kid and, like, drinking all the soda and, and being like, ah, oh, I'll deal with it later. I'll de Well, now I'm dealing with it, and I pissed at my younger self. Yeah. And I really wish I wouldn't have done that. So now, when I'm faced with something like that, instead of the self-destructive behavior of, I'll put it off until later, right. this tooth did not need to come out right now, but I knew eventually it would need to come out and so I took it out I'm ahead of things instead of waiting until it's too late right. and I think that's a part of the self-destructive behavior is when we just procrastinate and wait and know that we're supposed to do something for ourselves and we don't and we have to look at those things and say why am I doing this yeah. you know what kind of life do I want to have yeah you know I, I realize what I've done to my teeth now and that I'm going to have to deal with it for years to come and I just have to deal with it right. you know I can't I can't pretend it's not there or that would be more self-destruction. Yep. You know? So anyways, there we go. Thank you know, the one thing about this too, that I realized is uh, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, it's important. Um, not just for you, but because of what we pass on karmically to our kids. Oh yeah. Because of our own trauma and the way that we've dealt with it by these self-destructive behaviors. Yeah. Um, I, there's certain things in my life that I promised myself I wasn't going to have, my child wasn't going to experience. Yeah. That I did. And some of those things, you know, I've kept my word. Right. And that feels good. Because yes. now is my child trauma free no we all have things that happen to us mm -hmm. that's part of the experience mm -hmm. it's trying to show them how do we deal with this right you know and being involved and talking right not pushing but talking like when you're ready let's talk right and i'll usually find that as much as i want to know right then and there if i just plant the seed and walk away She'll approach us later. Right, totally. Fine, mm -hmm. and talk, you know. So yeah. it's it's just really important because this is how the world and our race will change. We've got to start with young people. Yes. Yeah. Some of us are too far gone, you know, yeah. in this life to try to end every self-destructive behavior yeah. we've, we have or had. And, um, but if we start this process young yeah and you know talk about these things even in yeah. school Absolutely. like what it's like to lose and um you know feel inferior and these kind of things and what do we do with those feelings mm -hmm. uh, what what are some of the things you're you know mary johnny that you see going on with your family right you know i mean there'd probably be a lot of questions at that point yeah. but 
You know, I just feel like we it's communication. It is. It's learning how to talk about the things that we're holding inside mm-hmm. that are creating us, creating, making us do these things. And you know what? It's not easy. And sitting here telling the stories about things that my mother did, mm-hmm. it's not easy. And I know that I that we have listeners that knew my mom and didn't know right. that this was going on and probably have a really hard time mm-hmm. with the fact that this was the type of person that right. she was. But we all have had these kinds of experiences and I'm not sitting here talking about my mom to be negative towards her. I love her more than anything, but what I went through can help others and that's why I do it. So I share my stories and you share your stories Mm -hmm. about what we've been through Mm -hmm. to help others, not to put down our parents Mm -mm. or anything like that, but to say, Hey, look, we've been there. And this is how we've dealt with it. And this is how we are dealing with it. And maybe we can help some people with that. You know, I I feel like I've lost a really close friend because she doesn't like the way that I talk about my mother. Um, And that's very sad because I'm just talking the truth. And I'm Mm -hmm. sorry that she wasn't there to see all these things that happened. But that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, things happen behind closed doors and we do need to talk about them. It, it, we do. Um, both my parents are living, and yeah. they could very well be listening. I, I love them both very much. Yeah. Um, and again, I've had the opportunity to talk to both of them and tell them about how I feel inside from the things that happened to me when I was young. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Do I'm over it. Right. I'm, I've let it go. Is it there? Yeah. I can access those feelings. Yeah. Probably anytime I want to. Does it mean I'm ignoring them? No, it means like I've dealt with it, but it's always going to be there. It's not yeah. gone. No. And I just accept that that's a part of me. Yep. And, um, but I love them both. Yeah. It has, it, it's not out of disrespect. It's, it's out of, I want to change the cycle. Me too. And really I have to that. start with my own child first or our child first. But we are doing this to try to get other people, encourage them yes. to talk about their situation. It, 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 yeah, communication. It is really the best thing. Yep. It really is. Yep. More than any food or drug or anything we're doing to our bodies. You that know? is it, yep. So if you can learn to somehow do that or find somebody that you can trust. Yep to talk to and share with uh, for as long as you need to do it. Yeah. Do that. You will be impressed by the difference that you will feel. Is it scary? Yeah. Sure. Um, but you're not going to die from it. No. The things that made you do what you're doing were probably a lot more scary than having to tell somebody about it. And afterwards, you'll feel much better, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you really will. It's like once you start making these changes, as yeah. hard as they are to deal with, you look back and you go, wow, I'm proud of myself right. for making these changes and not repeating this cycle and, you know, being negative and, and whatever, you mm. know, the situation is yeah. for sure. Yep. Totally. Well, so we gave you an extra 10 minutes today, friends. <clears throat> yeah. We could talk sponsors are going to kill us. No. <laughs> sponsors. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> well, that was cool. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, I have to say hi to my sister. Oh, yes. I didn't have anywhere in there that I, I could say hi. I was supposed to be reminded <laughs> to make sure that we say hi to Amanda yeah. Yarrington Bird. Yeah. On the podcast. Yeah, she's coming to watch our dogs for a few days. Thank you. Yes, thank Auntie you. Amanda. Thank you, Auntie Amanda. We're going to go to the Sequoias because Samantha and Marina have never seen it. Yeah. And it's one of the most divine, beautiful places I've ever had the privilege of seeing in this life. I love trees. And um, I'm a huge forest person. So, yeah. But these are unlike any forest I've ever seen. Yeah. So... We're excited. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I'm just excited yep. to see it through someone else's eyes again yeah. for the first time. So, yep. So, thanks, Auntie Amanda, for coming to watch the dogs. Yes, thank you. Yep. They appreciate it. And we appreciate it. Yep. Cool. Very good. Well, before we say goodbye, would you like to share your information one more time? Yes, you can find me at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. If you would like to schedule an appointment, you can do that there. Uh, if you would like to reach us at the show, it's spiritualjoneses at gmail.com. Or all of our social media is at spiritualjoneses. Yes. And thank you, everybody, for your participation all the time at school. Oh, yeah. We love our discussion just, group is the best. Just yeah. the polls and the discussion yep. group. And if you're not in the group, you should join it. It's a really good group of people. We have great is. conversations in there. Just love it. Totally. And it's private. So it's, yeah, it's private. Mm-hmm. You don't got to worry about any of that. That's You just go to our Facebook page and look for like when I put up what we're doing that week for the show. You can scroll through and see like from previous weeks. I always put the link to the discussion group there to join. Right. It. So, yeah. Great. And then your info. Yes. For my art, djonesartcollection.com for the web um, where I do sell prints of my work. And then for social media, at djonesartcollection for Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And that's all I got. Okay. Well, we hope everybody got something out of this. That we do. Um, and I did. It's it's good to talk about and yeah. um, kind of get out there. Yeah. And it's even a reminder of like things I do now that I go, maybe I should not do that. <laughs> yeah, for like, real. Like one that I've said on, bef- on here before is one thing I've really been focused on lately is like, just and it's just a, a a phrase that we use, but I'll say, oh, I hate that. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I want to get away from that. Yeah. Like, why am I saying that? Yeah. So For those sure. kind of things. Okay. Well, we hope everybody has a great week. That we do. Until next week. Bye.